You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast recorded with Hashem's gracious help right here in Ramat Shemesh Israel 5768-2008. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Matos. The idea I'd like to share with you today is based on the Parsha leaflet Midei Shabbos B'Shabato by Rav Eliezer Chrysler. I saw this beautiful vort and I liked it so much that I wanted to share it with you. It's based on the Kli Yakar and the verses go as follows. It says in chapter 31, Verse 1, here we go. God spoke to Moses and said, Take revenge, the vengeance of the people of Israel, from the Midianim and the Midianites. And then afterwards you shall pass away. Moshe speaks to the nation and says, Take yourselves people for war, view al Midian, and they will be upon the Midianites, La Seis Nikmas Hashem Midian to place the vengeance of Hashem upon Midian. So the Kliakar asks a few very interesting questions. The first question that he asks is that Moshe Rabbeinu was slightly unfaithful to the way that Hashem said it over. Because Hashem said that you should go out and fight fight against the Midianites. Why? Because we have to avenge the vengeance of the people of Israel. But what does Moshe Rabbeinu say to the people of Israel? He says, you have to go out and fight the fight of God. You have to avenge the vengeance of God. Why does Moshe Rabbeinu change it? That's the first question. The second question is that we see that Rashi says in chapter Chapter 31, verse 3, right here. So he says like this, Moses spoke, Even though he heard that after this war he's going to pass away, nevertheless, he did it with joy and he didn't push it off. So the Kliyakar asks, Rashi, how did you know that? Where do you see anything from the verses that he did it out of joy? If anything, perhaps, okay, he did it quickly, he did it right away, but maybe he was upset, maybe he was sad. We don't, how do we see that he did it out of joy? That's the second question that the Kliyakar asks. So to answer these questions, the Kliyakar lays down the following concepts. He says that when the Midianites came to fight against the people of Israel, so there were two evil things that they did. There were two negative things that they accomplished. The first negative thing was that they sinned against God. Because since they caused the people of Israel to sin with their daughters, because there was licentious behavior that that was accomplished by the Midianites in order to cause the Jews to sin. So this sinful behavior was a sin against God. So there was a vengeance that was necessary for, for Hashem. The second thing that they also caused was in fact that they they sinned against the people of Israel. Why? Because they actually, because of this evil thing that they did, causing the Jews to, to sin in this way, so 24,000 Jews passed away because of this. There was a, tra- a terrible magifa, a terrible plague that, caused, that was caused by this. 24,000 Jews died. And corresponding to those 24,000 Jews, interestingly, there were 24,000 Jews that went out, Sadiq and righteous people, that went out to fight against the Midianites. Point being, 24,000 Jews died. So we see that the Midianites actually did two evil things. They sinned against God and they sinned against the people of Israel. Now, when Hashem went to Moshe Rabbeinu, He says to him, I want you to go out and fight. So Hashem says, you know, I don't want you to fight for my honor. You know why? Because from as far as I'm concerned, I'm Mochel. I forgive my, my the sin that was done against me, so to speak, I forgive it. But I want you to go out and I'm not going to forgive the dishonor that was caused to the people of Israel. I want you to go out and fight 
for the honor of the Jews. The fact that there were there were 24,000 Jews that died as a result of the Midianites' actions, you have to go out and fight and avenge that that misdeed. Now, Moshe Rabbeinu, what does he do? He goes and he knows that what's going to happen. If he says to the people of Israel that after this, after this war, I'm going to pass away, and he says to them, I want you to fight for your honor, you know what the Jews are going to say? Hey, well, Hashem, Hashem wasn't going to be makbed. Hashem wasn't going to be so stringent upon His own honor. We're not going to be stringent on our honor either because we want you to live longer. Let's push off this war a little while. Let's wait a little bit for our honor. We don't, it's okay. We'll be mochel on our honor. We'll forgive our honor. We would rather that you, Moshe Rabbeinu, live longer. Since Moshe Rabbeinu knew that, Moses knew that that's what was going to happen, so he said no. When he told over to the people of Israel, he said, we're going to fight not for our honor. We're going to fight for Hashem's honor. Because he knew that for Hashem's honor, we cannot forgo Hashem's honor. The people of Israel, you could, they could forgo their own honor, but Hashem's honor, they could not forgo. And that is why Moshe Rabbeinu, the great Moshe, the great Moses, he switched from what Hashem said. Hashem said to say, to go after the honor of the people of Israel, that's why you should avenge the Midianites. And he said, no, we're going to go after the honor of Hashem in order that they shouldn't say, let's push this off or let's forego in our honor in order that you, Moshe Rabbeinu, should live longer. Now what also happens is what we see is that Moshe Rabbeinu, if let's say he wasn't besimcha, let's say he wasn't happy about doing the will of Hashem, he wasn't running to do it. So he could have said to himself, well, listen, Hashem said to me that I should tell the people of Israel to go to war in, in, in the people's honor, not in the honor of Hashem, not for the honor of God. So he could have said it the way, exactly the way Hashem said. He could have said it precisely as God had said it, and the Jews would have had this opportunity to, to say we're going to forego on our honor, and it could have been pushed off. But the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu went, and he said no, he made this whole cheshman, he made this whole calculation, if I say that, then they're going to want to push it off. And, and so from the fact that he did that, clearly he wasn't concerned about his honor at all, he wasn't concerned about extending his life at all. In fact, he was ready to give up his life, and he was ready to change things in order that the Jewish people should go out and do it right away. That shows that he had a tremendous amount of simcha, he was joyous, running to the mitzvah of Hashem. And now it comes out of this whole thing, and the reason it's such a beautiful idea is because at every single level, at every stage, everyone is always concerned about the other one's honor. Hashem, when He says, go out and do war, He says, don't worry about my honor. Go out and do, honor, do, do war for your honor. Hashem, He's an anvason, the un most unbelievable anvason. And Moshe Rabbeinu, He's not worried about His own honor. He's not worried about, you know, uh, extending His own life. He's worried about Hashem's honor. He wants the, the, the mitzvah to be done right away. So He changes it. He says to the people of Israel, go do it for, for Hashem's honor. And then the people of Israel themselves, if they would have heard it from Moshe Rabbeinu the right way, so then they would have been interested in, in extending Moshe Rabbeinu's life. They, they would have been concerned only about Moshe's honor. So it's unbelievable at every single stage, at every single step, there's this selflessness. There's this uncaring about one's own honor and being worried about the, other, the honor of the other one. And interestingly, at, at each step, there's also a reason to say that it should be the other way around. Because, you know, the, at the first step, so Hashem, Hashem shouldn't be concerned about His own honor. Hashem is the greatest. Hashem is the one who created the entire world. He shouldn't be concerned about His honor. But the amazing thing is that we find in, in many different places that Hashem Himself, even though He's the great creator, He's the one who created the entire world. His infinite wisdom, the DNA, the unbelievable 
Chachma, the unbelievable wisdom. It's contained in a, a strip of DNA. It has all the information for the entire body. It's an unbelievable thing. Unbelievable wisdom in the entire creation and the stars and in the suns and, and the moon and everything. Everything that exists in nature. Unbelievable Chachma, unbelievable wisdom. Hashem created it all. He created all of the spiritual worlds. He created our Neshamas. He created the Malachim, the angels. All of these things He created. And He is so great and He's so high. He's the greatest wisdom, but nevertheless, He cares about the lowliest person. He cares about a little ant. He cares about every molecule. He loves every single part of His creation. Nothing is too small for Him. Hashem is so great. What an incredible lesson we can learn from the Bore Olam Himself, from the Creator Himself. Even though He's so great, many times we think that we're great, but we have to realize there's no one greater than Hashem. And nevertheless, He cares about every single individual. And He's willing to forego His honor. And it's more important for Him, the honor of His people of Israel. Not only that, we also see it from Moshe Rabbeinu himself, Lahavdil. But we see that Moshe Rabbeinu, you know, when it came to doing mitzvahs, when it came to extending the opportunities to do mitzvahs, so Moshe Rabbeinu says to Hashem, he says, please, please let me go into Israel. He's praying and he's davening, he's supplicating over and over, please let me go into Israel. It says, he davened 515 times. It says, Va'eschanon. He prayed to Hashem, he called out, he supplicated, Va'eschanon the Gematria. The numerical value of that word is 515 because he prayed 515 times over and over asking Hashem. And the Gemara asks, was it because he wanted to eat from the delicious fruits of Israel? Or perhaps he wanted to enjoy the, the wonderful land of Israel? Is that why? The Gemara says, no, that's not why. Rather, he wanted to go into Eretz Yisrael, into the land of Israel, because there are special mitzvot that are tulios ba'aretz, there are mitzvot that you can only accomplish when you're in Israel. And Moshe Rabbeinu wanted that extra opportunity, the extra opportunity to come close to Hashem the chance for him why do you want to go to Israel he wanted the extra opportunity the chance to come close to Hashem that's all he wanted so Moshe Rabbeinu who is this person who realized every moment counts every opportunity to do a mitzvah he was running to do it and he knew that after he would pass away he wouldn't have those opportunities anymore if there was anyone who should have run not to do the, not to do that extra mitzvah in order that he should have more time to do other mitzvahs other chances to come close to Hashem it would have been Moshe but no he was more concerned about the honor of Hashem and if Hashem tells you to do something Moshe Rabbeinu says I'm going to do it right away b'simcha with joy I'm going to do whatever I can make sure that nothing happens that will prevent me that's the unbelievable level of an of Anivus of Moshe Rabbeinu and Kalal Yisrael also showed that dedication that love they were ready to give up on their own honor for Moshe Rabbeinu that Moshe Rabbeinu should live a little longer lead them a little longer they weren't concerned about their own honor to take that vengeance from Midian the whole story here teaches us how important it is what a beautiful thing it is to give in to others when we want to have our way and someone gives in to us we say wow what a mensch so honorable what he did he acted like a real Ben Adam a real person that's what it is that qualifies a person for being someone higher than just the average animal. You know, some people, they think that we came from apes, we came from animals. That's because, you know, in their dealings with other people, people didn't really act like animals. But the truth is that we know that we're much higher than animals. We have the ability to give in, to be humble, to not be prideful. It's very difficult. It's so hard. Our pride always says that we should have it our way. We want it our way. We don't want to give in. But that's when we start to give in. We start to give in to our spouses, to our friends. And we start to realize the only way is not by demanding what we what we want is our rights but when we focus instead of focusing on our rights we focus on on our obligations and what we can do for others so then others start to act in turn and do the same thing very interesting thing i read recently I have a, there's a book called mashiach who what where why when how 
by Rabbi Chaim Kramer. It's a Breslov book, a very beautiful book. And one of the things that he says in there is that Mashiach is not just a time that's in the future, but actually we're living in a time right before Mashiach, Ikvisa the Mashiach, the footsteps or the heel of Mashiach. And these times that we're living in are a build-up to Mashiach, to the times of Mashiach. In fact, in our days themselves, we see certain aspects of Mashiach. For example, he doesn't say this, but I can give you a few examples. The fact that there's a life expectancy, the life expectancy is getting longer and longer. You know, if anything, we don't really deserve to have a longer life expectancy. If anything, you know, we do so many transgressions, the world is so full of so much immorality, we don't deserve to have longer life. What's the understanding of this? Why is Hashem doing this to us? Why is He allowing us to have longer? And I think the explanation is because as we get closer to Mashiach, so the verse says that when Mashiach comes, so a person who lives to be a hundred, he's going to be considered, if he passes away at the age of a hundred, he's going to be considered a young man. Meaning in the days of Mashiach, people are going to live very long lives. So now we're building up to that time and our lives are getting longer and longer. Mr. Hashem, when Mashiach comes, we'll live incredibly long. So there's a build-up that's happening. Another thing that we see it in, someone once pointed out, is that, you know, nowadays with the epidural, so a woman, so it doesn't have the, the curse of Chava, the curse of Eve is not as strong. And a person, a woman can go through child childbirth, okay, there is pain, but she can go with, with a lot less pain than it used to be 150 years ago, or 100 years ago even. People would have a tremendous amount of difficulty when they were going through childbirth. And now, thank God, you know, it's gotten much, much better. And this is all a lead up to the days of Mashiach. Now in the days of Mashiach, when Mashiach comes, there will be no more Yitzhahara, there will be no more evil inclination. Everyone, we're all going to be concerned only about the other person. We're never going to be worrying about our own pride. We're all going to just care about other people. Says Rabbi Chaim Kramer in his book, based on Rabbi Nachman, that, you know, before the days of Mashiach, we have an opportunity to tap in to the koach, the power of Mashiach. We have the ability to work ourselves up. You know, Mashiach comes, we're not going to care about our own honor. We can, we can tap into that today. We don't have to wait till Mashiach comes to give in, to be humble, to, only, to, to care more about someone else's feelings and to care about our own feelings. It's essential. It's an unbelievable idea. You know, we can take it upon ourselves, without a promise, we can take it upon ourselves to try our best, to give in to others, to not always need our way. In fact, Chazal say, our Chazal tell us, the Gemara Rosh Hashanah says, whoever gives in, he does not mock me, he doesn't care about his own honor, when someone does something wrong to him, he doesn't get upset. So whoever does that, Hashem himself is going to pass over his Averis, he's not going to be mocked on him. When a person shows that he doesn't care when someone else does something wrong to him, he doesn't get upset. So Hashem says, you don't get upset when someone does something wrong to you, even though you've done things that are not so okay, I'm not going to get upset at you either. And what happens is also, the Chavetz Chaim brings down, that when a person is careful to not get upset at someone else when they do something wrong to him, to be constantly involved in chesed, only caring about other people, more involved in giving than in taking, so then Hashem also behaves that way. According to how we behave, that's how Hashem behaves with the world. And Hashem, in fact, so He also is going to be less makbed on the world. He's going to be more involved in kindness to the world based on what we do. That's how Hashem responds. I want to wish me and you and all of us that we should be zoch, we should merit speedily in our days. First of all, before Mashiach comes, to be able to change our way of thinking, to be able to look at other people and be more concerned about their needs than our own needs, to, to lessen our pride. And then hopefully very soon we'll be zoch, we'll merit to see Mashiach Tzikenu, our righteous Mashiach, our righteous Messiah, very soon, speedily in our days. Thanks for listening. Have a great Shabbos. Oh, 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 oh,